Good morning, everybody. It's Craig from the University of Applied Research and Development, and it's a privilege to have with us Ty Whaley. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? Great to have you with us. And um, I understand you spent quite a bit of time with the Army National Guard. Tell us about your motivation for joining the military. Well, my whole family is actually military, so we're kind of just it's kind of one of those things that happens in my family. If someone doesn't go, everybody's like, you didn't go in the military. What are you going to do with your life? So <laughs> it's just kind of there. <laughs> and so what age were you when you joined? I was in high school, actually. I was a junior. I signed up early. By the time I was a senior, I already knew what day I was leaving and everything. So, Wow. And so you were working part-time, first of all? Sorry? You were part-time? Serving in the military? Yes, I, I I am now. I just have, I'm almost done. I'm at the retirement, get coming up on my retirement. <laughs> wow. And so when you first joined, you were full-time. You went in, is that correct? No, when I first joined, I was part-time, and then I moved into full-time, and then I came back over to part-time because I needed to, I wanted to spend more time with my daughter. Right. Tell us about what you were doing, what it was like uh, being part-time, being in civilian life and then serving part-time in the Army National Guard. Tell us about your responsibilities and things you did. Um, I feel like it's actually a little bit harder than being full-time because you're basically doing two jobs. And because mm. I am um, personnel admin, it doesn't matter if I'm part-time or not. I'm always on. I'm always doing work. Even right. like even now, you know, you're always, someone always needs your help. So even when you're part-time, you're still working, you're still doing things in between your civilian job, your civilian time. So you're part-time, but you're not part-time, but you're definitely getting paid for part-time. <laughs> <laughs> and tell us about some of those responsibilities that you have then doing personnel. Um, so a lot of uh, what I do is educate. So I do is the education stuff, make sure people have benefits, that whether it's the education benefits, their bonuses. Um, I also make sure all of their paperwork's correct if they want to go somewhere, if they want to transition to another unit, go on deployments, things like that. Just all of anything, human resources, admin, that's what I'm doing. Right. Okay. And then when people are, um, are leaving the military, do you also look after making sure they get whatever they're entitled to as the exit, or is it only while they're serving? I make sure that they have their paperwork together while they exit and make sure they have the correct contacts, but I'm not actually in, I'm not actually doing that portion necessarily, but I am making sure that everything is correct so that when they get to that portion, they don't have any obstacles. Right, because that's often the difficult time, isn't it, when they're moving from being active service to becoming a veteran, having all the documents ready to make sure they get the support that they need. Do you um, encounter people who, maybe not from your unit or your area, who don't have the paperwork ready? Is that why it's important for you? Oh, yes, definitely. And even in my transition, um, I saw it a lot because I worked at a college and that's actually what I did. I was a veterans liaison. So you see mm. it all the time. People are completely unaware that there are steps that they miss. They think they've done everything. And then they find out that they have this whole other process to go through and it just delays whatever it is that they actually need. Usually it's something that they need. Mm. What are some of those things that they might miss? Medical, um, education, making sure their family has medical and their family has benefits. Because a lot of times, you know, even for people who are, are not 
full time and didn't retire, their family members have benefits too. But if you don't do the paperwork correctly, no mm. one's doing anything. Mm. So, you know, that, and sometimes that is a paycheck. Sometimes that is medical care. Right. That's extremely important. Okay. And so you were um, part-time and then something motivated you to go full-time. What was that? Um, I really just enjoy doing it every day and being in the uniform every day. And, I, and um, I really enjoy being able to serve other veterans every single day. So I went full time. I did a couple of deployments and then I was like, OK, I missed a whole year of my daughter's life. So I was like, maybe I need to take a step back for a little bit. Right. Just to give a bit of a scope, though, you were full time for I think you said eight years. Correct. Is that right. Okay, that, that's quite a long time. And so you said you went on a couple of deployments. Can you tell us about what you did? Um, I went to Kuwait. I went to Iraq. Um, my very first deployment was Iraq wow. in the middle of some conflict. And so that was like, I was really young during that deployment. So it was like a big eye opener for me. My last deployment was actually the best deployment I've ever had. I went to Kuwait and they're doing a lot of missions over there where they're kind of trying to build a better relationship. So I got to go to like a Kuwaiti wedding. I got to really wow. see the sites. I got to do a lot of the local events. So that was really nice. Yeah. A lot of people would think when you go on deployment, you're sleeping on the ground and it's very active. Um, this defense or attack or um, on a, an incursion but you managed to connect with the local people. And was that more about relationship building, was it? Yes. The, the first one was definitely sleeping on the ground and all of that. But the ones in between kind of simmered down. And the last one was definitely about relationship building. Right. And just thinking about the, the more active times in the, in the first deployment with the noise and the, the shock and awe of being in a combat zone, did that affect you in any way? Oh, definitely. Um, I think it made me more hyper vigilant and hyper aware, like even now, certain mm. sounds that I hear, I'm just like, what was that? You know, I'm still very hyper aware. I think I pay attention to things that other people don't pay attention to. And I think mm. that's kind of a common thing with veterans, especially who have been in the, those type of situations and in combat areas. I think we're just more aware of things and aware of our surroundings when we come home. And that just doesn't go away. Hmm. Has it had a negative impact or is it just like an increased awareness of something that others don't have? I think it's an increased awareness, but it's also like, I think, depending on the situation, like, for example, my family, none of us, we don't do Fourth of July. Like we don't go out and see fireworks or anything like that because we've all been in combat areas. And it's just for us, it's just something we don't do. We'll do something at home. We'll do something quiet, but we definitely are not going out and listening, doing fireworks or anything like that. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's a, that's a pretty significant impact because I understand 4th of July is very, very important to Americans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we and, kind of just, we just stay home. Me, my siblings, my parents, we, we just, we don't go anywhere. <laughs> okay. But you're together. So yes. That's a lovely thing. So when you were, you did an active service deployment and then you're doing more of the relationship building deployment and then you were, you were in for eight years, what was your, you said your motivation was to spend more time with your daughter. How old was your daughter at that point when you decided to go back part-time? She was five. Okay. And I, I felt like I missed everything because that's such a pivotal age that I was mm. just like, when I came back, she wasn't the same person she was when I left, so... Hmm. 
This is a misunderstanding on my side. I didn't think you could be pregnant and being active service in the military. So you became pregnant, you had your baby all that time, you were actually serving. Mm -hmm. Was I pregnant? I was on a deployment team. So we prepped teams to go on deployment. And so I was out in the field training, doing all of that while I was pregnant in the heat in Texas. <laughs> wow. You can do a lot. I think a lot of people don't know, like we even have a whole separate um, PT program for pregnant individuals. I think like a lot of people just aware of that side. Yeah, I would have thought too, um, just because of litigation and, you know, claims that could be made if um, if you're pregnant and, and you become hurt while you're out there training or physically doing something. I thought that you would need to be stood down for a period of time, but a whole separate PT for you. That's that's brilliant. So that way, like a lot of your training is tailored. Like when we're out training, there are certain things you not do, of course, but right. PT, the pregnancy PT is to ensure that you do not get hurt while you are doing things. So you're doing only pregnancy, only pregnant friendly exercises. <laughs> so yeah. well, that's great because what a waste of your skill set and your experience to sideline you for that period of time. So that's brilliant. So when you when you came back out and um, your daughter was five and you were going part time then, and as you said, kind of part time is nearly full time <laughs> anyway, while you're doing your other work. What was that like for you and your daughter? Did it take an adjustment? What was that like? Oh, yes. It was a big adjustment um, because she stayed with my parents while I was gone. So it was a lot of, I don't have to listen to you or I want my oh. grandma. So it was a really big adjustment because I was gone for a year. Oh. So it was a huge adjustment, us getting used to each other, my husband and I readjusting to, you know, you're not the only person in the house. You have to let people know when you make decisions, <laughs> things like that. It, it was really, it was about, I'd say, at least six months for us to really get back into a groove. Wow. So your husband was in the military as well? He was. Okay. Wow. And so your, your daughter was with your parents, different parenting style, different relationships, I guess. And so how old is your daughter now? She is 11. Okay. All right. Nice. And so with your daughter now, does she bring up those times when you were away and things? Tell us about that. So in her mind, even though now she's 11, her concept of time was so different. So she, she always says, when you were gone for all those years, I'm like, I was only gone for a year. But, you know, when you're five, a year yeah. seems like a really long time. So to her... Nice. Whenever I leave, if I put my uniform on and I have to go anywhere, she was like, are you coming back today or are you coming back a different day? Like, that's always her question whenever she sees me in my uniform. Right. And that's not something that most other children would think about. My mum's walking out the door and she may not come back for an extended period of time. That's not a concern, but she's got that concern for you and for her, obviously. How do you... How do you proactively think about that when you are leaving with the uniform about what you need to do to make sure she's okay? How do you handle that? Um, so if I'm just going to be gone for the day or if I'm just doing training or my regular drill weekend, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to be back today. So don't worry about it. But if I'm going away for training, I definitely, we'd put some little things in place. Like I leave her little notes that she opens on different days. I leave her notes around the house oh, so that okay. she can have that constant reminder. And then we kind of have, 
Okay. Once I get there and I see what my training schedule is like, we're going to make a, a schedule where I call you every day because she just mm. needs that, that extra reassurance, especially since at the time, you know, everybody was military. That was, you know, both all of her parents were gone at the same mm. time. And so it was just like a shocker to her because both of her parents were gone in two separate places and neither of them were there. So, yeah. So notes, a schedule of calls, giving her information so she's prepared in advance. These are things that I would imagine most parents don't need to do and don't think that they have to do. That's a thoughtful approach to it. Is there another tactic that you might use as well to help her with that? Um, I think that it's kind of good that my parents, that, you know, I come from a military background because my parents do a really good job of keeping her busy while I'm gone, doing activities to distract her. We mm. talk a lot with her. She's really open about when she has questions, if I'm going somewhere that's going to be dangerous or something like that. Even though the answer now is normally no, it's still a question that she every single time she has the same question when I leave. Are you going somewhere where it's going to be dangerous? Are you going to get shot at? So, mm. you know, that's something I think that most 11 year olds don't think about. Mm. Well, thank you for bringing that up and talking about that and sharing those strategies and those concerns as well. I'm sure it will be useful and helpful to other parents that are in a similar situation who are serving either full-time or part-time as you are. So you've made that transition out and you're now in the civilian life and you're part-time um, serving while you've also got your own businesses. Why don't you tell us about the businesses that you operate? So I operate two businesses. One of them, I am a business consultant and, OB and I offer OBM support. So that's on Willy Virtual Solutions. That actually started off with me just freelancing for some extra and it kind of grew into agency now. I have a, a small team and we just kind of make sure that um, I'm usually the one doing the consultant. We just kind of go through your business to that next level, kind of stuck or you're filmed or times it's when People are in that growing stage and they're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm growing too fast. So we do a lot of consulting, a lot of assisting, a lot of guidance. And then when I'm we're in an OBM role, we are jumping in the business and doing other things and really getting in your business and managing your team so that you have time to focus on some of those other tasks that you have to do. It's fantastic. So I've got the the website, the front page of your website up on the screen. I've got the URL as well underneath. So there's some of these services are, are here that you provide for growing businesses. Tell us about um, a business, without giving the name away, of course, some of the activities and things that you do to support the businesses now. Um, okay, uh, perfect one. I will just tell you what it is so that you can kind of get an idea. It's an interior designer um, mm. and it is a veteran. And he actually does interior designs for um, home offices and houses, and he does both in-person and virtual. So I pretty much handle his team, make sure all of his processes are in place, make sure that he knows how to do things like if he needs to meet virtually, things like that, make sure all of his back end is automated, save him time so he doesn't have to check in with his customers. Once they do that first part, everything else automatically happens. Um, and then I kind of, he and I have a meeting once a week where I kind of give him some guidance and we talk over some of the things that he has planned out and what's going to be the best route. So I kind of make suggestions for him because he's one year into his business. So he just really doesn't know the business side at all. Right. What do you find are some of the pitfalls for 
let's be really specific for veterans who come out and they start their own business and they're trying to juggle all the different things that need to be done and this is the help that you provide. So what are some of the common pitfalls for veterans starting their own business? Um, this is going to probably sound really weird, but it's just the reminder to them that they don't have to do it all and that it doesn't have to be, everything doesn't have to be done today and everything doesn't mm. have to be perfect because, you know, you're always in that mindset of, I have to finish this all today. I have to do this because I have so many things to do. And it's just a reminder of not to burn themselves out. That's the number one problem that I have um, with veterans that I feel like is their number one struggle is that you don't have to do it all and you don't have to know it all. Like it's okay to get help. It's okay to not have all of this on your plate and take a step back for a moment and figure this out with, you know, step by step instead of just making sure that everything is done. Tell us about your team. So my team is awesome. It's a really small team. I just have two um, members. They really do the OBM VA side. So basically they're going to be the ones in your business really doing the nitty gritty work, like all of your daily operation stuff, your bookkeeping, your patients, making sure you're updated, making sure they're checking to see what appointments you have and your schedules are updated. They're talking to your uh, clients via email to make sure they're ready when the appointments are ready. They're doing all of the back end stuff that you don't want to do or that are just super time consuming. Yeah. I just would really encourage, um, encourage people to, to um, seek out Thai services and to um, think about your time because I have two people that work for me part-time. Uh, one is here in New Zealand, where I'm based right now, and one is in the Philippines. And the lady from the Philippines has been with me for nearly six years now, and her brother worked for me originally. And I just find being able to offload tasks that she knows how to do. She understands my working style, my deadlines, and she understands my priorities and way to work with me. And having that longer-term relationship where she understands how I work has been really beneficial because she provides things and ask questions to check that she's understood correctly how to do things in the way that I want them done. And I really appreciate that. I find that really valuable to save me time. Yeah, I think that's probably the thing people most underestimate because I like, even for me, I offload some of it. I'm like, okay, I need you to do this for me. And I think that alone allows me to do so many other things. We had a comment from um, Minerva who said, so true, and this is about your comment about children, so true, any absence to a child seems like a long time. My grandson felt the emptiness until he grew accustomed to having his nana cover mum and dad's absence if he's staying with me. I have my organisation, and one has to have that program to accommodate him as well. That makes so much sense. I think um, my, my parents and my daughter have gotten into a really good routine um, and I think they do the same thing when my daughter, my brother's daughter was younger. They they did the same thing whenever he went on deployment. She would come and stay with them for a while. So I think right. it's like grandparents are so underrated, I think, for military families. <laughs> they are the superstars. They the are. Family. That's right. I think that point, just, just as we wrap up, I, um, from my own perspective, having three children two are adults now leading their own lives and working and have left well one has left home <laughs> one came back uh, and have a have a 15 year old daughter now the ability to build that relationship with someone who works part-time though remote 
be able to offload tasks, which can take time, but to be able to do that to someone that we trust, to be able to spend time with my child who's at home and be available for my wife who does her own business as well as working full time and being able to just just allocate time differently because often we're locked into a schedule but being able to offload those things which are important and necessary but don't necessarily need us to get them done. Do you find that that's a shift that people need to make to think I don't have to do everything and I can reprioritize so my children, my family, gain that step up that they deserve? Is that a mindset shift that you see people need to make? Oh, definitely. It is a mindset um I think it's definitely a big mindset shift um, in my coaching side, which is my other business. I actually do a whole segment on that for my mom business owners, because like especially when you have moms who are veterans coming out, starting their business, they just can't wrap their mind around that that shift because they're, they they start feeling overwhelmed and they don't need to. So I think um, mm. with all of my clients on both businesses, we do definitely do a lot of mindset work. Fantastic. So just put the the Instagram for your busy business mum Instagram site for that coaching. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that so people can reach out to you if, they, if they'd like to pursue your help? Yes. So for my busy business mom coaching, I actually work with moms who are in their first few years of business or moms who are starting off their business. Um, just trying to get them to get build a good foundation to be, figure out their schedule and to really figure out how to work being a business being a business owner and being a mom and meshing the two in a way where neither one of them is suffering, where they're not right. giving more time to their business or more time to their family and feeling like they should be giving more time to their business. Yeah. Well, Ty, thank you very much for joining us this morning and sharing some of your experiences and the businesses that you're running now. Thank you, Minerva, as well, for your comment. We really appreciate you commenting on what Ty was talking about. Ty, is there one final thought that you'd like to say to a business owner or a veteran just as we wrap up? Um, yes, I would say, especially for veterans transitioning, find other groups, find and find people who are doing what you're doing. There are a lot of free resources out not everything is something that you need to pay for, but definitely find some resources, get the knowledge, learn, and don't take it all on by yourself. Great. Ty, thank you very much for your service. And thank you thank very you. much for being with us here today. Just stay with us while we wrap up. For those of you watching the recording, thank you very much for being with us. On our LinkedIn channel and on our YouTube channel, you'll find our playlist for veteran stories. And we've spoken to other great people just like just like Ty who are doing have done great things in service of, of the country and also those who are doing great things in civilian life and helping others. And one thing we know is that that heart to serve and that heart to help other people doesn't get turned off when you leave the service. And so we want to thank you for what you're doing now, Ty, and want to thank you for what you're going to do in the future as well, helping others. Thank you, everybody, for being with us on A Veteran Story.